schon keine Karte. You know, Larry, after all the problems we had, I thought the one thing I could count on was you had a good heart. But you're a real Mark and or Peter. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Mackie's Clubhouse. I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. And we're back to bring you another two episodes of The Shield from season one. Uh, we're getting near, near the end here with uh, season, season one, episode 11 and episode 12. Uh, we just have one more this season, which will be breaking down next week and kind of doing a summary of the entire season. Uh, but now we're barreling towards the finish here of this first season. So what did you think of these two episodes overall? Great. Both are great episodes. I think I think 12 is a hair better than 11, but both are awesome episodes. I agree. Yeah, 12 to me is the better one, but yeah, both solid episodes. I can't really complain too much about them. I remember earlier, I don't know, about a month ago we were talking and I was like, man, I couldn't we were I was trying to think of an episode that blew and I was like, I can't fucking think what was going on. And you were like, was there cockfighting in it? And I was like, maybe And you're like the cockfighting one sucks. But then when I was rewatching it today, I was like, man, this this one's awesome. But that that's that's yeah. episode 12. We'll get to it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't remember that everything else, you know, the good stuff that happened in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, the cockfighting's rough. <laughs> but we'll get yeah. to the cockfighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, uh, but yeah, episode 11 of season one is where we're going to start off with an episode called Car- Carnivores. Carnivore, yeah. Uh, directed by Scott Brazil. I, I know he's directed other episodes this season, but... Yeah. I, I should probably keep track. Executive but, producer, maybe. I see his name a lot. And the original air date, 5 that's May 21. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is another good episode, though. Uh, we start out with, uh, you know, we see Kern and Rondell. They're driving around uh, Farmington or whatever, and they get shot at. It's drive by. But luckily, yeah. you know, Kern's rich, so Kern's car is all bulletproofed out. <laughs> so no, yeah. He's apparently got Nick Fury's car from uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Huh. No bullets can penetrate this thing. Yeah, I, I hear you. I don't like. I don't know. I don't know. I, I realize there's bulletproof glass, but I don't think it, bulletproof glass can withstand like an Uzi clip unloaded like four feet away. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, if you gotta, yeah, if you gotta take one or two bullets, I get it. But like a hundred in a eight second span, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if bulletproof glass can hold up to that. Can it? I don't know. We need to get like Bill Nye, the science guy, in the show or something like that. That myth breaker guy. Yeah. We'll yeah. See <laughs> what they could do. So, anyways, uh, yeah, there's a drive-by and shit. Meanwhile, Vic and Shane are waiting for Rondell and Kern to show up because they, they're there's some kind of drug buy going on. They got some dude into town. He needs 50k. He's gonna sell them the drugs. Mackie and you know Shane or whatever are kind of like you know mediators, uh, but you know obviously they don't show up because of the drive-by. So the guy gets yeah. all pissy, which apparently uh, Rondell didn't have the money anyway, <laughs> which is kind yeah. of what him and Rondell or Kern were fighting about in the first scene, where uh, like Kern's kind of getting pissed off at Rondell a little bit for his all of his shenanigans, which we'll find more out more about later as the episode goes along. Yeah, so the reason Rondell doesn't have money is because the Nation of Islam is cutting in on his business. 
Mm-hmm. They're they're now out in his part of like his streets or whatever, like handing out pamphlets, and basically they're just out there to keep the drug uh, the drug users out of that neighborhood, which in turn is hurting Rondell. So that's why he doesn't have the money. Vic's pissy and all that kind of shit. Um. So now we get into the storyline with Danny and Julian, where um. They show up to this house, Asian couple. Uh, the woman's dead. The guy has nails through his feet. One, I think yeah, one's yeah. nailed to the floor. The other one's just kind of loose, but still got a nail the whole way through. Um, so they come in, Julian and Danny, and uh, well, why don't you tell t- 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 everybody what happens here, Jake? Because I thought this was a good opening. This was this was a great opening, and it gave something you know for Julian and Danny to do, which they've been lacking for several episodes here. But uh, I believe Julian goes to help the old man. He's trying to get him unnailed from the ground, and Danny's kind of like, well, you know, try to get the nails up from the ground, but don't pull them out because, you know, then I'll bleed everywhere and die. Uh, So Julian does that. He kind of he gets his feet free and then kind of props him up on this, uh, you know, stool, footstool, essentially, and uh, trying to keep it elevated, that kind of thing, while Danny goes to kind of look around and as soon as the old man, you know, he gets his, his feet up, he starts kind of crying and reaches over for this little, uh, you know, this little drawer he's got and pulls out a gun. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. And so he blows his own brains out, goes splattering all over Julian. Uh, these two just love to keep getting covered in blood these last two episodes. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Someone's always getting sprayed. Yeah. Uh, but Julian's kind of cowering in the corner, freaking the fuck out that this just happened right in front of him and. Danny kind of has to, you know, take charge and try to be like, hey, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> calm down, theme, big guy. Sun's getting real song. low. This is where we get the theme song this week, Jank. Four minutes, 56 seconds. Ooh, a quick one. Ba, 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 ba. But yeah. The, it was like yeah, seven when, minutes last week. When that guy, yeah, when he pulls that gun out, like, for like a second, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, why is he going to shoot them? But then, boom, he just shoots himself in the head. And you know it's Shane. Yeah. He's shamed. He's Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we they kind of really go to that later, but yeah, he's... We as the audience don't really know what happened. Like, the, the house is kind of ransacked, the woman's dead, the guy's got the nails, but we don't know why or what. It's just a weird-ass scene. All right, so... um, After the theme song, Vic and Shane are out on the street. They're talking to the nation. Uh, They're looking for Xavier Salmon, or what the hell's his name? <laughs> something like that. Oh, Shalom. Yeah, something like that. Xavier Shalom. I think that's what it is. Um, so they're talking to him, and he's basically saying like, "Oh, this neighborhood needs cleansing, so we're just here to clean. You know, we're just here to just hang out and be a presence." Mm-hmm. Um, and Vic's like, "Well, that's my job," and he's like, "Well, I guess you're doing it very poorly." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like right off the bat, uh, the nation leader, the nation and Big don't get along right off the bat. Nope. They hate each other. Yeah, they're at cross purposes. Obviously, Vic wants to have Rondell work in these corners, but the nation does not. Yeah. Um, Claudette and Dutch show up to the murder-suicide. Or, wait, what's the murder-suicide? There was a murder-suicide. Well, the, yeah, the one we just talked about with the with the Asian couple. Uh, they are now investigating. They're the detectives on that case oh, trying yeah. to figure out who did it. 
Okay, okay, yeah. Because usually when you hear murder-suicide, you think somebody shot somebody and then they killed themselves. But oh, like, yeah. I don't remember that happening. <laughs> nope, uh, it was a murder and a suicide. Yeah, a murder. Yeah, I should have put an and in there, but uh, <laughs> I did not. Um, Let's see. So Vic tells Rundell that the nation probably weren't the ones to shoot him or to, to you know, the drive-by. It probably wasn't the nation. <laughs> and... Vic says he's going to get the new dealers off the street, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, because Rundell starts playing. Well, he's like, who else wants to take a shot at you? And he's like, well, I don't know, a lot of people, man. Like, there are all these new dealers out there trying to muscle into my territory and shit. And Rundell's just, like, he, he's he's on drugs at this point. So he's just yeah. kind of always whining and a little out of it. So uh, Vic's really starting to get fed up with him a little bit by this point. But he does say... He's going to look into these new dealers and try to put a stop to them. Right. So they, they're talking to that. I, I think so. Shane and Vic start interviewing like, uh, I think his name is Tio. Is that him? Yeah. Tio. Yeah. Tio's like pretty. Tio. I love. Yeah. Tio's awesome. Yeah. So they start talking to him about like, you know, what's going on with you and Rondell and whatever, whatever. Meanwhile, like dutch and claudette are looking at his murder suicide and dutch is crying the blues that even <laughs> though he solved this serial killer case he's not like he didn't get any recognition for it which yeah, at the end yeah. of the day that's you know we talked about this dutch just wants to be loved he does he wants everybody to like dutch you're the man and all that kind of stuff so uh claudette basically tells him like you know stop being a pussy <laughs> you know just fucking man up and just fucking <laughs> just do the job <laughs> yeah, I think this whole episode, she's just kind of like, you know, give your balls a tuggy, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's all over him in, in this episode. She Like, he is definitely, he's clearly obsessed with that so much that he's not doing much on this case. He's just like, always got an excuse for why he's, you know, oh, I don't speak the language, blah, blah, blah. But she's all, like, on top of it. She's moving 20 miles an hour. And he's always just lagging behind, just kind of <laughs> all you know? busy about shit. Yeah. But, uh, so he is off his game, but she, as she mentioned, she's found hers, like. She's on. Yeah, because she says something about, like, oh, you're running, like, a 12-minute mile right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- th- they need to get a translator. Uh, apparently, the, the daughter works at this hair salon or nail salon. or so, But she doesn't speak English, so they got to try to find out what happened with her parents. or I think it was <laughs> her, her parents, right? The fu- yeah, they are her parents. Uh, the funniest part of this scene, though, is apparently the uh, the Asian man who uh, killed himself. Apparently, his name was Young Ho. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Wonder if they did it on purpose. <laughs> they must have. That was probably like a Kurt Sutter thing or something. That's pretty racist. <laughs> Young Ho. <laughs> so, meanwhile. I don't know if it was last episode or two episodes ago. There was that reporter in with Aceveda, and she was trying to get to the bottom of this rape story. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aceveda shows up at the woman he allegedly raped back in the day. Hold on, I got the hiccups. Um, <laughs> and she, she's still pissy with him. Like she's still very resentful and hateful towards Aceveda. Uh, she's still on this story, like you know, she's gonna try to, she's trying to ruin him basically. Mm-hmm. So we got that going on. So we're confronting older storylines again. Yeah, that storyline I like. Uh, I, I mean, that storyline gets weird by the end of it because because it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> she is all over the map. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear uh, you. She definitely seems crazy. 
Um, so it's hard to figure out what exactly is going on here. Because at times, like, she wants to bang him. At times, she's mad at him for something that she actually knows he didn't do. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very confused as to what her uh, all, all her motivations were in this. Crazy? Insane? I swear <laughs> to God, every time we do this fucking show, my fucking phone rings. <laughs> every goddamn time. All right, so... Um, night. All right, hold on a second. Shit. Ridiculous. All right, so... I'm glad I don't have a house phone. And I hear you, but I, I use it for the other show. Ah, yeah. Yeah, so... That makes sense. Um, so now Shane and Vic are back talking with the nation. Like, apparently somebody took some shots at them guys out on the street. Nobody got shot or killed or anything. Just, you know, some injuries from diving into fire hydrants, I guess. <laughs> um, but they know it's Rondell. The nation tells Vic it was Rondell. And Vic's like, how do you know it was Rondell? And he's like, because I saw Rondell and we tried to get him, but we didn't get him. Um, so... He tells them, like, well, we're going after him. And Vic's like, don't get in my way. And he's like, well, we're going in opposite directions on this one anyways. <laughs> so still, once again, the nation guy knows Vic's the cop who mm-hmm. is protecting Rondell because apparently Rondell is telling everybody Vic is my man. Like, don't fuck with me. You got to fuck with Vic. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> you can't have people just running around saying that or else this doesn't work. Uh, the, the the daughter has no idea who killed the parents. Uh, and then we get a scene with Vic and the wife, and they're at a school. The school doesn't want to let the kid in because they think Vic's a criminal, and yawn, yawn, yawn. Yeah, I find out that they're going with some other family instead who missed the deadline initially, but just because they're rich, they're basically letting them in over Vic, who they think is kind of shady. Yes, and he is shady. <laughs> they only... Um, yeah, really. Uh, we get a scene where Danny has to strip search some lady. She's got <laughs> drugs hit up her hooch or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's gross. Um, <laughs> I like that she's like, I don't want to do it. Get some rookie to do it. But, like, she's the only woman cop there at the time. So, yep, that's your job now. Uh, the, the nation guy, I, I want to say, yeah, Xavier Shalom. I think that's his name. But anyways... He comes in, he brings a drug dealer in, and he goes and talks to Aceveda about how the neighborhood's, you know, it's not a good neighborhood. I think some of your cops are crooked. And Aceveda wants to know who, 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 who's the one. And he's like, I can't, I'm not going to say anything until I know for certain. Yeah. It's just a terrible line about like the dermis is infected. And Aceveda's like, well, can you be more specific about the dermis? <laughs> what the fuck kind of a line is that? <laughs> <laughs> But basically, um, the nation guy tells Aceveda, uh, we're going to stand down in your lobby. We ain't fucking leaving until you figure shit out up, up in this in, in this precinct. Yeah. And they do. They all just line up. They don't say nothing. They just stand. Uh, probably eight guys on each side of the uh, hallway there, and they just stare at each other. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rondell shows up at this at the at the uh, the station too to talk to Vic, and Vic's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" You know, Rondell's all he's all drugged up, and he's like, "Well, if I go down, I'm taking everybody down." And Vic's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like Vic's real mad. 
it's a great scene after like uh, Vic kicks him out. Uh, you know, he throws him out the back door basically, and then him kind of like reacting to the other cops standing in the hallway, like kind of smiling. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I don't know. He does a good job, I thought. Yeah, a whole bunch of people just saw all of this and heard him screaming, so it's a tough job for him to try to be like, oh, yeah, you know, this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Tremors 4 is in the in the cell again. He got arrested for stealing CDs. Like, what fucking year is this? Stealing CDs? <laughs> yeah. Is his name Warren? Was he in Empire Records? Who the fuck steals CDs? They're 15 This guy's the worst. Yeah, this like, guy, I hate this dude. I mean, he, he, he might knew be Julian guy. for probably a, like two, three weeks tops. Yeah. And because he won't call him back, now he's going to just go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I hear Good move. It's like, oh, you won't call me back? Well, I'm just going to steal CDs and third strike myself and get sent up. But basically, yeah, we find out that, idea. like, the reason uh, Tremors 4 wasn't calling Julian was because Vic told him not to call him. Like, he basically told him to leave him alone and shit. Because he's like, that cop told me not to call you. And I don't know. I don't know why Julian's not calling that guy. Maybe because he's annoying his balls. That's the only <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what were you going to say? That guy's a clinger. Oh, yeah. Um, so now we're back. Strike team's looking into, like, the family that got the spot at, at, at the school where Vic wants to send his kid. And... Um, yeah, I like that he's looking. He's constantly looking for an angle. He's like, I'm gonna figure out some way to get Matthew into this fucking school. Yeah, he's like, uh, I got blackmail this family. I'll do that or dig some dirt up on the teacher. It's <laughs> like, tell me something, an alcoholic brother. Give me some I can use. <laughs> yeah, like he's so shady. And right as he says that, Acevedo comes in. He's like, I gotta talk to you. And uh, Vic's like, I got a million things. He's like, I'm making a million and one. And so, like, he's like, hey, the nation knows that Rondell's protected. They won't tell me who it is, basically. So, you know, now Vic's sweating it. And, and Acevedo's like, you look uncomfortable or whatever. And Vic's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm great. I'm fine. It's, it's fine. But, oh, he's bothered. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't show it, which I love. That's classic Matthew right there. Yeah. Uh, there's still uh, Claudette and Dutch. What do we say we were calling them? Clutch. Uh, yeah, they're still looking into that suicide thing. They're at the jewelry store. Uh, that guy, I guess he he had. I, I what happened? I can't even remember. Like the kids came in, they bought a bunch of shit, and then the money was fake or the credit card was bad. I, I'm not sure why he called. Actually, they paid cash, um, so it couldn't have been that. I guess it was just he thought it was suspicious, maybe. Well, because at the yeah, end, some of it had blood on it. I don't know. Because at the end, he says something to the effect of, uh, "So now I'm not going to get my my jewelry back either." And uh, yeah, they do say they basically say like uh, he has to take he's if, you know they're going to take the seven thousand dollars. I guess to dust for fingerprints and that kind of stuff. Oh, I see. They were taking the cash. He was like, well, am I going to, yeah, are you going to give me another $7,000, you know, to replace it? And they're like, no, we'll give you a voucher. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which I don't even know what that means. Does that mean he will get the money eventually? I would think. Okay. Probably, I would think like after this, it's solved. I don't know. Maybe. Because he asked like, when will they, well, like, when does that get paid? And they don't answer and then, yeah. and then they just say like oh if we find the merchandise you know we'll return that yeah 
And he's like, so well, that, fat chance that'll ever happen. So basically, I'm getting nothing out of this. Yeah, so he's he, he's unhappy, basically. Yeah, I'm just out $7,000 worth of merchandise. Fuck you, Danny, oh, uh, Danny confronts Julian about the blanket party. She's all pissed off. What else is new? They're always pissed at each other for the dumbest shit. Yeah. Uh, I think that this is where they uh, kind of, yeah, is this where, they, where she confronts him? No, no, that's later. Yeah. No, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's yet. Yeah, that's after the thing with the gun. Yeah. Um, that that reporter's back with Aceveda. She's like, hey, here's this story I'm going to write about a young Latino guy raping white women or something like to that effect. And here's a, here's yeah, a, if, you guys, if you got any questions, call me. This reporter will not let this go. She apparently, like, uh, Machado got it killed at her, you know, newspaper that she was working at. So now she's left her job <laughs> and yeah. is trying to freelance it to some other newspaper. Like, she thinks she's, like, fucking Ben Urich or Karen Page trying to take down the kingpin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> like, this is her, the case that's going to make her when it's really just incidental, really. Like, this is, I'm gonna, you could publish this story and nothing's really going to happen. No. Uh, <laughs> she tells him the second story she's going to write about the nation standing down in your lobby right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so Vic and Kern show up to meet Rondell on a rooftop, and Rondell just starts shooting at him, and Vic fucking flips out. He bashes <laughs> him in the – like, he, he crushes him with a fucking right hand, and then he's, like, trying to throw him off the roof, and Kern's like, come on, man, no, 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 don't throw him, don't throw him off. He's my buddy. We've been friends forever and shit. Vic fired up. Tells him, next yep. time you're going to grow wings. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Vic's had enough of uh, Rondell's nonsense here. Um, Now we're back with Vic and Tio again. Vic's talking to Tio. And uh, this is where I guess this is where Vic tells or maybe Vic tells the guy that Rondell was running his mouth about Vic having his back and shit. Mm-hmm. So Vic makes a deal with the new guy, with Tio, because he's like, hey, listen, man, you know, he's out. I need to basically find somebody else. Yeah. He's like, tell me why you're a better, you know, option for me than Rondell. Yeah. And uh, Tio's just like, well, I don't use my own product. Rondell does more and more. He's like, this whole Islam thing came out while he was high and shit like that. So uh, Vic likes, you know, the answers that Tio's given him. So he decides, yep, it's time to make a change. Like, Rondell's out. You're the new Rondell. <laughs> yeah, because he, he also asked, well, how would you have handled everything with the nation? And, and Tio's just like, I just would have moved three blocks down. He's like, the druggies will follow <laughs> the drugs. I ain't trying to make trouble for anybody. <laughs> yep. Smart move. Yeah. Um. Let's see. A Osvaldo is banging his wife. Uh. Ask what's I think wrong. He has with a problem with the old pecaroo. I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so too. So he tells her about what's going on with that reporter and that Maureen. He went to see her and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. Uh, the weird yeah. thing about this scene was like she reacts like. He's like, well, it was 15 years ago. I thought she'd be reasonable by now. She's just like, 15 years is nothing to a woman. And she gives us a disgusted look like, how could you think a woman would be a rational person? (laughs) You sicken me. Oh, my God. (laughs) So then is she still hurt over, like, whoever she broke up with in senior year of college? 
Like, yeah, his wife, like, she's still thinking about that guy pining over Jimmy from Stanford? <laughs> Must be. Must be. Right. I better keep an eye on her. Yeah. Uh, so then Aceveda meets with Machado about that reporter. And he's like, you got to make it right with Maureen. Just tell her whatever the fuck she wants to hear. And he's like, you wanted to play the game. Now this is where the game starts getting played. <laughs> um... Vic's back at the school. The lady had a yeah, break they, in. They did find out, yeah, they were able to turn up something that she was involved in a police report. Basically, she had filed one uh, about a ring that was stolen from her house recently. Yeah. Just yes. A ago. Convenient, but lucky. <laughs> so the strike team's looking for the ring. Ron, Ronnie talks. <laughs> I don't remember what he said. Yeah, there's no lemon in this episode, so Ronnie gets a little more room to shine. Not a whole lot. Yeah. But just the tiniest bit. He did have, like, three lines, I think. But they were all right here. I think this was the only time I remember Ronnie in this episode. Fucking hiccups. Yeah. All right, so we're back in the room with the with the Chinese – or the Korean lady, I guess, and Dutch and Claudette, and she doesn't want to talk because Claudette's there. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, because Claudette's black, and the Asian lady doesn't want to talk to the black lady, apparently. (laughs) So Dutch is all pissy about it, and he's like, she's like, just, you know, just get her to talk. I don't give a fuck. It is pretty awkward, because they're all in the same room, even after this. Like, Claudette doesn't really leave. She just stands there. Yeah. And, like, Dutch is not even actually talking directly to her, because it's all going through a translator, so... And Claudette's not even really, really mad matter. about it. He's like, whatever. Like, just hurry the fuck <laughs> yeah. up. I she just home. wants to get this over with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so as they're talking to this lady, a cop comes in, said there's another home invasion. Another Korean family, you know, was, you know, their house was stormed. So they go there, and the kid says it was the cousin and his buddies. My cousin and his <laughs> friends came over, and they took my Xbox. <laughs> now we got a nice situation where, like, the younger kid... He wants his Xbox back, but the, the dad doesn't want to talk to the cops. Like, this is shameful. You don't talk about your families, you know, that sort of thing. This is private business. What are you doing? But the kid's like, I, I just want my Xbox back. <laughs> I like yeah. that kid. Yeah. He might come up again later. <laughs> He's related. Uh, we get into a situation where uh, Danny and Julian – Go to this call at a at a part. I guess there's a birthday party or something going on. There's a dude in the back that has a gun. Mm-hmm. He's got the whole family like at gunpoint. So, uh, you know, Danny and Julian like head to the backyard and some. You know, the guy fires some warning shots and he takes off running and Julian chases him. What happens, Jank? Uh, he runs him down into this alleyway. Uh, the kid can't really get out, but he's just like, you know, leave me alone or I'll fucking shoot you. And uh, Julian just kind of holsters his weapon and goes up to him. He's just like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> he's clearly, you know, he's had enough that this kid shoots him. He's completely fine with it. Um, but oddly enough, I guess the kid's just like, what the fuck's up with this crazy guy? <laughs> and, he, and he backs down. And he's yeah. putting the gun down and just lets him, you know, arrest him. Yeah. But uh, Danny kind of sees some of this. So she kind of like, well, what the fuck? Like, why weren't you wearing a vest? Why didn't you... Uh, why did you put your gun away and shit? Like, what the fuck were you doing? Do you want to yeah. die? And he's like, yeah, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, he really hasn't been letting it Danny in on anything up to this point, but apparently she already knows. She kind of has already pieced together that he's gay. Uh, and she's just like, yeah, I know you're gay. Like, it's fine. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, not a big deal. Like, don't don't kill yourself over this shit. Yeah. But he's he's just kind of freaking out. He doesn't want to look her in the eye or, like, talk about this at all, really. He's just like, oh, God, I don't know. He kind of freaks the fuck out and just bails. <clears throat> so, uh, we got Vic telling Kern that basically Rondell's out and Tio's in. Like yeah. Got that so, uh, I don't know. Kern, you know, that that's his boy. Kern is in Rondell, been buds and all that shit. But it is what it is. That, that's business in, in the farming <laughs> district. This is another one of those scenes, like, you know, the last time we had Kern in an episode, like, where Vic locked him in a fucking storage unit and he killed a guy basically overnight and now this he's like having to give him more bad news and like do more shitty things to Kern but Kern's just kind of like yeah I get it <laughs> like yeah. he doesn't get pissed off at Mackie again he's just kind of like alright I guess it has to be this way that's you're, you're right. That's the business they're in yep he's kind of he's very uh, straightforward about it uh, Claudette and Dutch uh, they arrest the uh, the home invader kids Apparently Kenny's a dick because Kenny did everything. That was Kenny. Kenny. Kenny nailed feet. Kenny shot people. Kenny's a douchebag. Yeah, fucking Kenny. The main dude just wanted. I, I just wanted nice things too, like everybody else had. But Kenny's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Vic goes back. Finds He's the Margos of this group. He's obsessed with feet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Vic. Fine. Now, here's what I did. They find that ring, or I mean, I know he has a ring, or did they just have another ring made? Because where did they uh, get the ring? I don't. Re- I don't remember where they said they got the ring from. He just has oh, the ring. Oh, oh. The uh, yeah, he's talking to Ronnie. Ronnie, he sent Ronnie to this guy he knows. Uh, you know, a fence or something. And uh, Ronnie's like, oh, he, yeah, this guy's crazy. He made a bet with me that he wouldn't be that he'd find it in less than twelve hours. And Vic's like, oh, did you take that bet? Ryan's like, yeah. Vic's like, oh, shouldn't have done that. You don't know this guy. So apparently yeah. this guy's just really good at finding shit. So they kind of they kind of farm that out, and it's so it's not much of a storyline. <laughs> oh, okay. I missed all of that. <laughs> but anyways, he gives the the lady a ring back, and then oh, hey, you know, don't forget about me when it comes to school. Yeah, I don't know how to thank you. Oh, yeah. you know how to thank me. <laughs> yeah. This time it's not a blowjob. Yes, it should be. Um, Vic comes back to the station. He talks to the nation. And basically he tells them it's all good. And they're like, no fucking way. We ain't buying none of your bullshit. But there's there's an understanding there that, like, you know, we know who you are, Vic. Yeah. Which I don't know why he would do this already. Like, I would wait till you did. They find out about Rondell because now when Rondell turns up dead, and you're just like you already told him, hey, Rondell's not a problem anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, that seems a little suspicious. Yeah. So all right, so we're almost there. Uh, Acevedo goes back to that Marines place. Oh, and, here we go. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> well, go ahead and explain it. <laughs> so he comes in. She, he's like, I need you to tell the truth, and. She, She's like, oh, you need me, huh? So she starts getting all touchy on him. She like, she wants him to just dick her down right there. But then he's like, no, I need you to, you know, fucking say what really happened here. And then 
he kind of he puts his hand behind her and realizes she's wearing a wire essentially or some kind of recording device and he's like oh what the fuck is this and she's like oh it's the only way i could get him to you know take my story seriously was if i got you to confess uh even though she apparently knows that he didn't do anything because <laughs> apparently what she's actually mad about she kept trying to get him to confess that she you know he held her at knife point and raped her and all this stuff, but none of that ever happened. She's just mad at him because two other guys raped her, apparently because they heard from David that he liked that she this girl liked having rough sex. So he must have been talking to some dudes at college, Mark and Peter, um, and he must have said something about it and let it slip, and they all of a sudden like, well, okay, let's go rape her then. <laughs> and so she's blaming him for this. She says, like, you sent them there to rape me but i mean she can't really think that's what happened did does she like that that doesn't seem reasonable no because he's even like mark and peter he's like i I barely even know those guys i I barely knew them although apparently he knows them well enough to know them just as mark and peter (laughs) not their last names like all she says is mark and peter and she's like oh yeah i know them and there's a lot of people named mark and peter out there i'm guessing at any college like at college, though, there was probably only a small circle that they were all in, so there's probably only one Mark and Peter, I would guess. That's true. I don't know though. Um. So, anyways, Matthew got into that fucking school. The wife's happy, Yonsville, and then <laughs> the final thing we see is Rondell dead in the street. Yep. And Claudette and uh, Dutch are there. But so Dutch is all happy because, like, oh, you know, this young blackmail killed in gang violence like this is right up my alley again but uh, i guess it must not be because i can't assume they ever actually solved that crime right otherwise it would really point end up pointing back to vic that's what i'm saying so who shot rondell vic kern nation who do you think it is i don't know it didn't seem like the nation was up for shooting people no I don't... so i'm assuming it was one of to's guys right uh, yeah, it could be Tio too. Yeah, he was he was the head of the rival, you know, the rival dealers that Rondell was all worried about. They because they said, you know, hey, we're just going to tell Rondell it's folks, it's safe to go home now, and then the streets will take care of it. So I'm assuming that means that the other dealers who were shooting at them are now going to finish the job. Mm, that makes sense. All right, but yeah, but Rondell if they solve that case, like <laughs> someone's going to give up Vic, I would think. So I guess. Dutch never did get closure on that one either. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, man. Fucking Vic. He, he, everything is skin of his teeth on every goddamn fucking issue. Yeah. This is a really close one. Yeah. With Rondell but, in the cop station fucking like yelling crazy shit. I guess he was lucky that Acevedo was like busy with a reporter or something. But you would think there was at least five or six cops around mm-hmm. in that hallway. You would think one of them would know who, some, like, at some point one of them would have been like, hey, uh, I don't know, some drug dealing guy came in yelling at Vic about an hour ago. Did anybody find that weird here? I don't know. So I, th- I think it's weird. But yeah. anyways, I, I went eight out of ten on this episode. I thought it was uh, pretty goddamn solid. Yeah, I agree. It was very good. And, uh, I mean, the Matthew storyline, it was cool to see Vic doing something uh you know besides just shooting someone <laughs> he's kind of gaming the system but he's doing it in a good way and for uh you know it shows him him working out outside the the boundaries a little bit but you know not it doesn't always have to be just 
jump to murdering somebody. <laughs> no, but it's also like, can't you ever just do anything right? Like, why does it always have to be illicit? You know what I mean? Why is there always some sort of criminality to it? Well, actually, I mean, really what he ended up doing isn't that bad. Like, did he do anything illegal in there? No, he was helping with a, an actual criminal case. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, like, if he didn't know so many goddamn shady people and shit, he would have never found that ring anyways. That's like, he's, he's, he just has so much, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, good solid episode. Uh, it's time to, like, break out the awards and stuff. Yeah, let's do some awards. Uh, best quotes. I didn't have a whole lot from this episode. Uh, let me see what um, I I think my winner for me was when Danny was giving the uh, the female prisoner her strip search and trying to find the drugs in her cooch. <laughs> the the lady's like, my lips are sealed. And then Danny says, not for long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that part. Um, that was good. The scene where uh, Vic's talking to Tio about, like, uh, you know, taking over Rondell's business. And he's like, well, how much is rent? And then Vic's like... 50k let you move in today today <laughs> i thought that was a good quote and yep. then uh, although that comes back to bite them kind of i think the fact that he refers to vic as his landlord that will be a big sticking point next season <laughs> uh-oh see i don't even remember that all right and i think for me though like uh, early on the first time shane and vic show up to the nation when they're out in the street and, and they confront him uh there's a white dude there oh yes I he, comes, too. he comes up to shane and he's, he's like hey you want to buy our magazine or whatever and then shane says looks like you're walking to the wrong prayer group frosty so <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a good quote that was a great one yeah yeah there's very minimal shane but used perfectly when he yeah there. yeah i hear you uh i think that's it on, on quotes yeah i think so yeah um, let's see. Well, best guest star. I went with the guy who played Chris Shalom. I, like, I thought that guy was <laughs> awesome. Like, I like that guy. I don't know. I don't know his the, name. Uh, the leader of the uh, Nation yeah. of Islam guys? The yes. one who kind of dressed like Pee Wee Herman? Yes. <laughs> the one that kind of was just like always, like him and Vic were just at it. And I, like, I liked him. He didn't back down from Vic. I thought he was like a good presence on screen. I just kind of liked the way he, you know, played that character. So I went with that dude. I don't know his, I don't know his name. I should, I'm, I might as well look it up because, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just for posterity. Mayon Rivera? M-A-I-L-O-N. I don't know how you would pronounce that. Mayon Rivera? But I don't know. He was pretty awesome. Yeah, he wasn't bad. Um, I don't know if we could count Tio, because I know he's going to be in at least, you know, another episode or two. Um, but I, I do like Tio a lot. He's good. Yeah, Tio is awesome. Uh, my other contender was, uh, the kid who wanted his Xbox back. Yeah, that could <laughs> Not that his performance was that amazing, but man, I, I just, just related to that guy. If I had to turn in family members to get my Xbox back, I'd do it. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> now, are you, are so... T-O, spell it. Uh, I thought it was just T-O, the letters, you know, T, All period, right. O, period. Yeah, I didn't know if you were saying, like, T-I, yeah, because in IMDb, it's T-I-O. 
Oh, okay. But I, yeah, I, I always thought it was T O as well, like Terrell Owens. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I didn't but, know. Uh, I, I never heard T O as a name. I knew it means like uncle or something. In I thought it did too. Yeah, I thought it meant uncle. Yeah. <laughs> he has in, I guess, but I don't know. Maybe that's his, maybe that's his nickname. Maybe he's uncle. Yeah, maybe. All right. Huh. All right. Uh, MVP of the episode. All right. Who do you got? Let's see. Let's see what you got. I mean, I kind of had. I wouldn't feel very strongly about either of these, but I was down to either Vic or Claudette. Um. Claudette, like, I thought she was good in this episode, just kind of dunking on Dutch the whole time. Yeah, yeah, uh, she was. She was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dragging. I think, the, I think the kids call it dragging these days. She was dragging <laughs> all day. Yep. Yeah. So I, I like that. That was good stuff. Yeah. And Vic, I mean, he was just being solid and making smart business moves. So uh, I think I would go with one of those two, but what do you have? I went with Aceveda in this episode. Wow. Because he handled like he handled his shit with that Maureen. He handled the shit with the reporter. He handled Vic's shit. Like he like I thought he was a strong presence in this episode. Like he wasn't backing down from anybody in this episode. That's true. Although his storyline was so confusing that I ruled that out. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, how can you be the MVP if you can't get a boner? <laughs> hey. It happens. <laughs> he had a lot to drink before they went to bed. That happens. <laughs> He's got to earn that on a different episode. Yeah. <laughs> a boner-filled episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, the, what do you call it? The Shane Vendrell Cup? Yeah, the Vendrell Cup for the biggest fuck-up. Yeah. Our next award here. <laughs> I think there's really, uh, really only one contender here that stands out above all else go ahead uh, i'm giving it to rondell <laughs> he had yeah. a sweet sweet deal with uh mackie and the strike team but he could not help but keep fucking it up to the point where vic had to you know have him killed basically to replace him um that's a pretty big fuck up especially when you're like best friend from 20 years ago even signs off on you getting killed just because you've become such a fuck up yeah cocaine's a hell of a drug yeah I went with um I went a different route. I went with the guy who doesn't shoot Julian. Oh, to me, okay. like you know, you could have did us all a favor and <laughs> we don't have to listen to that terrible acting for the next, you know, however many seasons or whatever. Why didn't you just pull the trigger? Just pull the trigger, dude. God damn it. You could have saved a couple <laughs> lives if it was like a Brandon Lee type of situation. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yikes. You went dark on that one, James. You, you, turned, you turned quick on that one. Holy hell. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's who I got. The uh, fuck up of the week. That's yeah, I can see that. That's fair. All right. Then we just got the, uh, the Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. Oh, see, I always forget about the Dumpy. Uh, all right. So let me this go back. Tough one. I think the only thing that I could really... This is nitpicking for sure, but when uh, when they go, when the strike team kind of descends upon To's guys early in the episode to round them up, uh, you know the, the rival dealers and all that stuff. There's this weird, like shitty early 2000s rap rock type song that they play over the <laughs> whole scene, and I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> this, this takes me back to a terrible time in the world. Uh, 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe the shit with Nick's kid. You know, that's always dumpy to me. Like <laughs> the ring and all that. Yeah, at least his kids weren't in the episode though, so I cut it some slack there. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, I got another quote from this episode. So oh. earlier on, Claudette and um, Dutch, they need a translator or whatever, and a, a uniformed officer <laughs> walks by. And he says, Dutch says to this girl, hey, can you translate? And she's like, I don't speak Korean. I, you know, I'm from Reseda or where, wherever she lives or whatever. <laughs> so later on in the episode, uh, when they talk about the, like those kids came into that jewelry store and stuff, uh, you know, with, with that money and stuff, the, the jewelry store owner called like that same actress or whatever hands Dutch the address to the to the jewelry store and she's like, I wrote the address in English for you, <laughs> which I thought was very funny. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I guess you had good. to. I guess you had to watch it. I, I didn't set it up right, but it was, no, no, it was great. I, you summed it up perfectly. Yeah, that was, was a great moment. Busting his chops. I, I do like it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's dunking on Dutch this week. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And he just <laughs> solved the serial killer case. Yeah. yeah. No credit. <laughs> Just your everyone's laughing stock again. Yeah. Not even a bonus. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Well, I guess we'll save the, uh, the the superhero recasting for the end because I do have actually now a theme song for that. Holy segment. hell! So rather than play it twice. <laughs> we'll All just right. Do it at the end. All right. So, oh, <laughs> I like the new theme song, Jank. Sounds good. <laughs> all right so let's do uh the next episode here all right episode 12 two days of blood originally aired 52802. director guy furland who's also directed other episodes i remember that name definitely recognize that name yeah so yeah, episode 12. This is the, There's a lot of cockfighting in this episode, which you would think, like, <laughs> oh, man, that's going to suck. And the cockfighting does suck. Like, those scenes, yeah, especially they're when they're actually cockfighting, it looks so stupid and phony. And I don't know. I hate it. It's so dumb. But at the same yeah. time, like, I really yeah. like – but the shit associated with it I really like. Like, Shane and Lem are kind of into it a little bit. and <laughs> I like that. Shane is great in this episode. Oh, yeah. He's I, awesome. I honestly kind of had him as MVP on this one because yeah. he's, he's great. Uh, but, yeah, we'll get into that. There, There is no Ronnie in this episode. It was Lem's time to be off last episode. This time it's Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, he's gone, <laughs> which comes up later in the episode in a way. Yeah, that, uh, it does. Appreciate it. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> All right, so there's a cockfighting, and they, you know, they arrest, you know, the strike team comes in, and they arrest uh they're looking for posy posy's apparently the big gun like posy's the cockfighting godfather or whatever well, but he- i think they're they're just there to bust people and they arrest carlos mencia and he's like oh hey you know i can turn you on to the bigger fish and they're like oh yeah oh, no, that's and right he mentions yeah. uh posy and yes. they're like okay yeah now at first the first time i watched this episode a few weeks ago when I saw Carlos Mencia, I was like, that dude looks familiar to me. And I was like, is that the dude Joe Rogan was screaming at one <laughs> on stage? And I was like, yep, yep that's, that's right. him. Carlos Mencilla. That's him. <laughs> he doesn't do comedy anymore. Oh, I wonder why. And based off of this episode, <laughs> he's probably not doing drama either. 
Like, I don't know. Zing. Yeah. Zing. Um, dumping on Carlos Mencia. He'll probably steal that joke from you now. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear about that guy. But, uh, yeah, Joe Rogan. I, you've seen that clip, obviously. Oh, yeah. I remember that whole controversy. Yeah. And it, I don't think it was just Joe Rogan. I think everyone pretty much felt the same. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Joe Rogan, like, he, he went at him one night on stage. Like, yeah. it, it, if, if nobody knows what we're talking about, like, just Google up Joe Rogan and Carlos Mencia. It's pretty great. But anyways, uh, the next scene we get is pretty badass. There's a hit and a run in the street. Like, I, I really like this. Like, there's a drug yeah. dealer. He gets just plowed over and then he gets dragged and he goes underneath the car, and then he comes out the back. And I don't—I thought it was a pretty cool, like I don't know how special effect. I don't know if that was a real guy in that suit because after like after the body comes out the bottom of the car and the car drives away, like the arm moves. So I'm like, is there really a guy in there? Or I think that- yeah, they did say in something in the commentary that it was a guy that they've apparently killed that guy off like three different times this season. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, I was like, oh, that's cool. But yeah, it must have put him in, I don't know what kind of harness or <laughs> what they do to keep him from actually, you know, suffering any trauma. But yeah. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly looking. Um. So so next thing we know, Gilroy shows up to talk to Vic. Now, you know, Gilroy was told Vic, you know, a couple episodes ago, you know, you're on your own. I'm done with you and your bullshit. Um, I told him to go yeah. But Gilroy turns out that's the guy driving the car that just ran the drug dealer over. And he's got a history of DUIs, and nobody's going to believe he wasn't drunk. But he probably was drunk. <laughs> he's got four DUIs, he says. Yeah. Yikes. So, uh, you know, I guess Vic reluctantly, you know, he, all right, whatever, you know. You're, he's like, can't you help an old friend out? Or he says something to that effect. Mm-hmm. But Dutch Apparently, and uh, I should mention that uh, they did mention in the commentaries that – I think FX was really pushing for this storyline with uh, Gilroy to go over three episodes. So the episode before this, Carnivores, we just did, like, I guess part of that had to be written very last minute because they were originally trying to push some of this into that episode. Yeah. Um, but they ended up being like, no, there's no way we can drag this in three episodes. Like, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they ended up doing it like a two-parter at the end of the season, which I think works out the best. Huh. Do you know why they call Lem Lem? Do you know what Lem stands for? I do. Uh, it's a couple of things, I believe. Because uh, okay. his real name is Curtis Lemansky. Right. Uh, but it, I guess his nickname is also Lemonhead. Right. <laughs> conveniently I, enough. Yeah, he's see, I always just thought it was Lemansky Lem. But no, like if you go on IMDb, it says Curtis Lemonhead Lemansky. So, yeah. yeah. Huh. Some uh, sometime during this season they had mentioned that like I think I think uh, Vic was talking to somebody and just just call him Lemonhead or something like that. Oh, see, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah, I forget which one that was, but something like that. All right, so uh, Dutch and Claudette are also looking into this hit and run case at the same time. So you got that going on, and we're now Vic's trying to get things taken care of before Dutch and Claudette show up and figure it all out. Mm-hmm. Uh, G- Julian and Danny, like another scene with Danny's too, where like, oh no, I- I'm into this. Don't worry about it. I'm, I-, I got your back. Julian has to reassure Danny because Danny's like, well, I-, I can't go out with you if you're gonna die and stuff. 
Yeah. You're gonna ask people to shoot at us. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, but no, no, no. He, his head's in it. He, he, he's ready. He, he yeah, he it. says now he's going to go and talk to his reverend and try to get shit sorted out. So he, he's he's good again. So Dick's or Vic's nosing around Dutch's uh, hit and run case. Uh, Dutch tells Vic that there's like a there was a female in the truck because I can't remember how they know somebody some pizza guy or something saw them earlier something i don't know but there's a woman and vic says oh no 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 it was probably like a gang initiation that's probably what happened like they throw somebody in, you know a rival gang member in front of a car and then shoot a couple shots and toss and shoot. yeah yeah that's what he calls it a toss and shoot yes he calls it a toss and shoot so he's trying to throw them off because obviously you know he doesn't want <laughs> them following up on shit um very sneaky Aceveda and Claudette. Now, now Claudette gets paired up with Aceveda. They go up to uh, like this apartment complex or whatever. Um, there's two women dead, and the witness say the killer's Wally. And the reason Wally killed these women is because the 911 call took over an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So. And there's a there's a woman there who I guess is the like right hand, you know person of the uh the current city councilman who Aceveda wants to you know take his seat uh and basically this guy is his chosen or this lady is his chosen successor yeah like the one he wants to take his seat so they're kind of at odds right away yeah uh are you talking about that i don't think she doesn't show up till a little bit later i don't think no she's there when they first go to the apartment and they're interviewing right. that, that woman. Yeah, she's definitely there. Okay. Uh, Gilroy starts going on about, like, oh, you know, yeah, there was a woman, but she doesn't have nothing to do with this. And Vic's like, she has everything to do with this. She was fucking there and shit, you know what I mean? And, and, and Gilroy's like, listen, Vic, you know, I, I love this girl. She ain't just some piece of ass for me. And Vic's like, you know, I don't fucking care. You know, we just, I got to talk to her. Where is she? But he, he, they can't find her the whole episode. Yeah, he's, and he tells Gilroy to send her away. Like, you know, have her not be here so Dutch can't get a hold of her. Basically, just, you know, have her go out of town for a while. But Vic does try to look for her and he can't fucking find her. <laughs> um, so at this point, we get back. Dutch has figured out who the woman in the hit and run car was. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he ID'd her. I can't remember her name. Sedona, maybe, or yeah, Sedona Teas. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, so I can't remember how he ID'd her. This might be the part where we heard something about a pizza guy or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, I think somebody has seen that car in front of her house, you know, numerous times because he's always there banging her out. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, something like that. Uh, okay. So now we're back with Carlos Mencina and Lamb and Shane. And they're all like, Mencina's kind of giving them a, um, a tutorial in cockfighting. Because, you know, in order to, like, get into this shit and make, you know, sound believable to Posse, like, they have to know, like, certain things. How did you raise this thing? What's this thing eaten? Bottled water only? You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because you know, Posse's gonna see right through it if you if you don't know the ins and outs of the cockfighting. Yeah, that's yeah, their whole plan so is to get Shane in there undercover and hopefully they'll get introduced to this Posse guy and they can just bring him in. And he's uh, like one of the FBI most wanted or something, so they're like, Oh, this will be a huge win for us. 
Yeah. Um, now, this is where I have Claudette and uh, Aceveda show back up to that thing. That, and then there's Karen Mitchell. And she's like a community leader who's filling in for the, the other guy who's out of town or whatever. And this is who Aceveda is going to be running against in city council next fall or whenever that thing is. And Karen Mitchell's played by Tyra Farrell. Who you know? I love this lady. She, I, I had. She's my guest star of the episode because I, I like her. She's. Have you good. seen her I, in other things? Yeah, she's like she plays um, Ricky's mom in Boys in the Hood. She plays uh, Wesley Snipes' wife in White Men Can't Jump. Oh shit. oh shit! Yeah, so she's been she's been in a shit ton. Of, she was in Poetic Justice. She's been in all kinds of fucking movies. I think she was on like you know. ER, one of them shows too. Like she, I don't know. She, she's pretty popular, but I, I like that lady. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So Vic and Gilroy find Jesus. Like there's a big scene where Vic goes into this gang's territory. And oh, <laughs> it's pretty man. awesome. This is a pretty awesome scene. Yeah. This is tense as fuck. Yeah. He just walks in and just takes his dude and like, the main like the the guy who's given him the most resistance like you could tell like he just like he is not scared of vic in the in the slightest you know what i mean <laughs> yeah vic is completely by himself no backup no strike team nothing just one dude <laughs> and there's <laughs> probably how many people game. around like 20 30 people yeah. like, all hanging out Easily. like their cars like drinking whatever they were doing and in walks you know white vic and just grabs one of their guys and like I'm taking this dude and they're like you ain't going nowhere with that guy, so yeah it is a big tense scene where like uh you know he has his gun out the whole time and you know some they gonna... guys are kind of reaching for their you know waistband and shit like yeah. that like until they're thinking about it yeah but uh yeah no shots fired nothing he 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 leaves with the dude and Vic and Gilroy start talking to him so. <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you explain what happens here, Jake? <laughs> uh, so they're talking to this guy, basically, you know, hey, what happened to your friend? Like, you know, okay, that's that's bad. That shouldn't have happened. And uh, this guy knows Gilroy. He recognizes him right off as you were the guy who ran him over. Like, you know, fuck you. Like, uh, this is bullshit. So at first he's not playing ball, but Vic's just like, hey, you know, he's trying to be trying to be straight with him and just kind of level. Like, you know who we are? And he's like, yeah, you're cops. He's like, well, yeah, but, you know, more more than that, we're important people to know. Like, you get in any kind of trouble, you get picked up dealing or something, you call us, we can make that shit go away. So this yeah. kid's kind of like, all right, yeah, you know, that actually makes sense. Like, I could probably do that. <laughs> sure, he killed my friend in front of me, but, well, get a jail-free card's pretty good, too. Yeah. So he's pretty much going for the deal. Uh, Vic's writing down his phone number, like, here, you know, you call me anytime. And out of frame fucking gunshot (laughs) (laughs) so you're just like oh what was that shit turns out gilroy just shot this kid yeah (laughs) he couldn't take any chances with you know oh maybe this guy will talk maybe he won't like he's just like i'm you know finishing this now you're dead (laughs) yeah and vic is irate yeah so fucking mad and then, you know, Gilroy starts throwing Terry back in his face again about, like, you know, Vic, I covered up for you, you know. I know about yeah. Terry. I didn't do anything you haven't done. Yeah, that's what he says. I haven't done anything you didn't do. So <laughs> uh, so basically he tells Vic, like, listen, you know, 
that gang saw you go pull this dude. Now this dude's dead. You're fucked. I set you up, you know, to fucking yeah. deal. I set you up this whole time. He was setting Vic up the whole time. You so, set him up so that Vic would have to help, basically, just so he would be just as much on the hook as, you know, Gilroy is. Yeah. So now he's super invested in helping. Um. So they, Vic and Gilroy, they dumped the body in, like, a tunnel. I don't know, an underpass, something like that. Yeah. To make it look like a gang. A gang hit. Yeah. And then, you know, when they're leaving and and Gilroy's like, Vic, we're good, right? And, like, Vic's just like, oh, so pissed, man. Like, he doesn't even (laughs) say anything to him. He just stares at him with his sunglasses and shit on. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It's great seeing Vic just completely seething. Uh, So next we got a scene of Julian and Danny showing up to a yard sale with Dookie. (laughs) Dookie. Is awesome. I love this guy. He's a delight. Yeah. yeah, So basically what Dookie's doing is he's going around his neighborhood and stealing all his neighbor's shit and then selling it back to them at his yard sale. (laughs) But nobody wants to say anything because they're all scared of Dookie. Apparently Dookie's a bad dude or whatever. You don't really want to mess with Dookie. (laughs) That's what my mom always told me. Don't mess with any Dookie. Yes. Yeah, there's all kinds (laughs) of germs and shit. Um, okay, so now we're back with Shane. He's figuring out how to split a bounty with the bail guy over this posse. Like, they're going to try to get posse arrested. And, you know, then, you know, Shane wants half the bail money or whatever. (laughs) Because as cops, they can't collect bounties themselves. So they have to go through this. Some intermediary guy. We'll turn Fozzie over this to this guy, and he can, you know, collect the bounty and he'll split it with us. Yeah. So yeah, and there's a good quote here. I can't remember, but it was something like. Uh, oh, it's gonna be my quote of the episode. Uh, all right, I, well, I, sure. I'll, I'll leave it then. All right. <laughs> is, is, we're talking about like math, math related. Oh. Oh no, no but that's good too. Yeah. We're talking about like, the pesos. Yeah. They're trying to convert, figure out what the, uh, you know, it's the bounties in pesos so they're trying to figure out what it is in american money yeah and, uh, shane is his math is apparently way off yeah it's, it's, he's it's like bad. it's five hundred thousand pesos that's got to be like a couple hundred thousand american <laughs> and i'm just like oh no that's like fifty thousand maybe yeah 50. <laughs> the bounty is like yeah that's probably about right <laughs> there's also like a good scene not scene but a line like a minute earlier where Shane says to like Lem, this guy's trying to rip me off. He's like, I want half. And he's like, I'm only getting 20%. I'm giving you 10. That's half. Like, there's that whole thing. Like, I don't know. It, it's fine. Like, Shane's a dumbass. That is what it comes down to. It's a fucking idiot. Um, I don't know how that works. Like, how does the bounty hunter only get 20% of the bounty? Like, what happens to the other 80%? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I wonder how that works. It probably goes back to the Bales bondsman or whatever who, like, you know. Isn't that how that works? Like, a bail bondsman, like, kind of fronts you the money and then you pay him back? Like, oh. Remember, uh, what's the, uh, Jackie Brown? Is yeah, that how Jackie that works? Yeah, like, uh, Robert Forrester was, like, trying to get money back from, uh... Samuel, like because Samuel, well, I thought these were these bounties were more just like rewards, you know, like oh, reward for this guy's capture. Here's this money. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to look into that. Hmm. Uh, well, hey, Jack, we 
we got a new email address, so maybe somebody could email us and tell us uh, <laughs> what you know how, how the whole bounty thing works. Yeah, we got we do have an email address now, Mackey's Clubhouse at yahoo.com. Yeah, uh, I was gonna go with Vic's dick pics, but I decided to keep it simple and go with something you could easily remember. Uh, yeah. Mackey's Clubhouse at yahoo.com. If you can explain this to us or want to talk about anything else, hit us yeah. up. Exactly. All right, so then we get a fucking scene with Julian and his priest and sexuality, holding down the demons, all that jazz. Uh, Dutch is now figuring out what's going on with this case. And he tells Vic what he, he thinks is happening. But as this is all going down, like Gilroy comes in and heads straight up to Acevedo's office. Uh, so yeah, so Vic- what Dutch talks to Vic about is he realizes that the Sedona Tellez is buying up a lot of property in uh, the Grove, I think it's called, like this yeah. shitty area of town. Like she's buying up a lot of property. And uh, Vic's like, oh, that's that's interesting. Uh, but Vic, like Dutch is really on top of this thing, and he is unlike last episode where he was kind of lagging behind. Like he's going a million miles an hour, and Vic is actually very impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's trying to shake Dutch, but it's not working. But it's starting to dawn on Vic what's going on. But I don't think he quite, I don't think he's quite figured it out here yet. Yeah, although the way like. He should have been able to figure it out from here, but unfortunately, he goes to ask the wrong person. But okay, that's another issue. Uh, okay, so now we got Shane cockfighting, and I, I wrote, couldn't look faker. It, it did look yeah. terribly fake, but Shane's cock wins, and he's way into it. And he, I think he gets like 700 bucks or something. And Lim's like, well, here's the thing is like, obviously, you can't film a cockfight for a tv show <laughs> like obviously you can't do that because cockfighting is illegal if you you know do that on tv you're gonna be arrested yeah um so what they used was like stock footage of you know an actual cockfight but that doesn't match at all what's going on in the you know the scenes that they were just showing around it yeah it's like I a totally you. different quality like it's super grainy it's like what the fuck there's no way i would believe these are in the same place no, it does like yeah. When when it's just the cocks, uh, it does get slow motion a little bit, like maybe three quarters speed, and it is like 1970s looking. I don't yeah. like, a, like I don't like a 70s cock, man. I I want a, I want a 2000 cock. But it is very weird. Picky. I want HD in my cocks. Yeah, I hear you. I need a good <laughs> definitive cock. But anyways, uh. Lem's like, well, where's Posy? And Shane's like, ah, he didn't even come tonight. Like, Shane don't give a fuck at this point about Posy and arresting Posy because he's into the fucking cockfighting. He's yeah, what's great is, like, thing. Shane starts out at the beginning of this episode just calling him, like, Nugget and shit like that. And yeah. Making all these jokes about they're going to be food and stuff like that. But yeah. he quickly, very quickly gets into it. He starts naming the chickens. And they're like, don't name the chickens. Like, it hurts too much. Because yeah. he starts calling him Frank and shit like that. Like, now he's way into it. As soon as there's competition, he uh, gets sucked in. Yeah, he loves it. <laughs> uh, so he wins. I think he wins 700 bucks. Uh, now we got. Now we're back at the station again, and like Karen Mitchell and Acevedo and Gilroy, they're all listening to the 911 call that apparently took over an hour. And it's pretty brutal. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is pretty bad. Um, and their explanation doesn't really make sense to me. Maybe this is some 
think somebody can explain to us, but they end up coming up with this thing. Gilroy talks about this new policing procedure they've been having where they assign more units to, you know, high crime areas and shit like that and less units to the lower crime areas. So it kind of evens things out. But, I mean, that's patrol units. If there's an active crime going on, you won't send a a unit from some other district (laughs) to stop an active murder? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, you would think. Yeah, maybe that would take priority over everything else. Um, You would think. But Gilroy throws Acevedo under the bus here. He's like, basically like, hey, it's his call, like, where the cars are sent every day, basically, is what he tells that Karen Mitchell lady. Blame him if you want to blame somebody. Yeah. Yeah. There's been bad blood between those two kind of all season, and now, since after Acevedo leaked that stuff to the press about the strike team, like... Gilroy's pretty pissed at David, so he's looking for a chance to get him back and throw him under the bus. So this is uh, his opportunity. All right, so the guy Vic got into it with when he went to arrest that, not arrest, but take that Jesus dude, the main gang guy or whatever. I don't know what his name was, but he shows up. Mm-hmm. And he starts. Uh, like he shows up and Dutch is going to talk to him, but Vic tells Julian, listen, I need your help. And Julian's like, fuck you. I'm done helping you. He's like, Hey, I haven't told your secret and you, you keep turning that screw and blah, blah, blah. So he sends Julian up to pull Dutch out of the room. Hey, the captain mm-hmm. wants to see you. So Dutch leaves. This is so stupid. So Dutch yeah. leaves and Vic immediately like, Hops in the interview room. He sees the dude. He's like, listen, you keep your fucking mouth shut. I, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's something like that. And then, like, a minute later, Dutch walks back in, and Vic's like, oh, hey, Dutch. Oh, I thought I would just sit in for a while. And Dutch's like, oh, cool, man. All right. And it's just like, none of that would th- – that is so weird and shit. Like, no, that was that so, would be so suspicious of this. I know. He definitely would. Like, why are you in here talking to this guy? Like, okay, you wanted to sit in. Maybe you would have just waited outside until I came back. And like, hey, you mind if I watch? But you don't go stand on the same side of the fucking table two inches away from the person. No. Nope. sit in the corner or something. Yeah, he should have gotten out of the room before this happened. Like, yeah. they should have just given him – Five more seconds and he could have just failed. Ah, it's fucking stupid. Uh, Yeah, a little tough. Aceveda and uh, Dutch and all them, they they, they find Wally at a hotel. They arrest him. Uh, He basically says, oh, the, the two women that were murdered at the apartment complex... I don't know who they are in relation. They're they're somehow related to Wally and the girl he's banging. I don't know if they were sisters, cousins, mom. I don't know. But he said, oh, they were in our way. I took care of it. They they were just nuisances, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. So, yeah, here I think it was about here that Vic asks Aceveda, like, what's in it for somebody to buy that property in the Grove, which, I mean, he should have figured this out on his own and definitely should not have asked Aceveda. <laughs> yeah, this was weird, too. Yeah, this like, was a good thing, though, because uh, two different times, like, Vic says, well, pretend pretend that it is or something like that, and it, <laughs> it's good, like, both times, like, because Aceveda asked Vic something about – I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But anyways, Vic tells – 
or Acevedo tells Vic that, hey, Gilroy's blaming me for every those two murders at the apartment complex, like you don't know already. And Vic's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And that's where he's like, he's like, oh, like, you don't know? And then Vic's like, pretend I don't. And then he tells him, like, what's going on? And then and then Vic asks Acevedo, hey, let me ask you, you know, let me ask you a question about buying land up. And, and then Acevedo's like, is this a real question? And Vic's like, pretend it is. Like, I don't know. They just had a good, a good rapport there in that scene. I, I liked it. Yeah. But this it, is where it, Vic figures out what's going It seem like the kind going. of thing, if, you're, if you suspect something is up with Gilroy, you don't want to be dropping breadcrumbs for Acevedo. <laughs> no. Plus, Acevedo you're in this together. Anyways. Yeah. So how much is That's he really? Like, the last person you ask. Yeah, he's not going to give you any info on anything. Nope. He's trying to get you fired and arrested. Although they're starting to have a common enemy. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, see how that goes. Is my friend. Yep. Um, so Julian talks to some dude who used to be gay, but he went to like reassignment classes and now he's not gay anymore. And so Julian's going to do that now. Yeah. He's made know. a choice. It's weird. Um, it is. It, uh, but it definitely is a storyline that continues for a long time. Pretty much the rest of the show. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so Julian makes it all the way to seven. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, you thought there was just like a random? Uh, he had to go back to his home planet or something? Well, no, maybe he gets <laughs> shot in the line of duty in season three or something. <laughs> nope, nope. He he's there for the long haul. What about what about Danny? Oh yeah, I think she right. missed a couple episodes here and there, like pregnancy stuff, but. Yeah, for the most part, she's uh, she's around. Yeah, I, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh we're back at the cockfights, Jank, and Shane loses. <laughs> <laughs> Shane's so sad. Like he uh, he <laughs> almost cries <laughs> as he holds this dead cock. Like he just got this limp cock in his hands, and he's rubbing <laughs> it, and he's sad. Not like I I'm like I know exactly that feeling. <laughs> It's so true. So, Carlos Menstilia comes in, and he's like, oh, here, just fucking throw this chicken in the burn barrel or whatever. (laughs) Like, you can't eat that chicken? I guess not. It's probably fed all these weird, like, steroids and shit. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I didn't think about that. It's all hopped up on the HGH. (laughs) Yeah. That's what they should name all those things. (laughs) Gary Bonds. Um... So Shane finally meets Posse, yeah, and they start talking about like you know Posse's grilling him. It's like what, what he really you... uh he really ups his southernness in this he next really scene. He really does. <laughs> I was gonna say that too. Like he goes yeah. southern. It's like some language like it doesn't even sound like English anymore. It's just like sixty percent protein, ten percent whole corn, five percent fresh grain. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he sounded like too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is awesome though. I loved it. I don't yeah. understand. Like, you already have a southern accent, so why? Like, I don't. Are you distinguishing your voice? I don't know. I don't know why he's he. Kinda, like a real redneck. It's the only way he'll believe this, I guess. But he already sounds like a redneck. Like normally <laughs> he talks. I don't know. It's not I like no. Not like Posse's gonna go. Wait, are you that cop? I recognize your voice. Like, no, nobody knows him. Like, just fucking use your voice. There's probably different levels of redneck. Like, you gotta be a black belt in redneck to pass this guy's test. Yeah. 
So <laughs> you got to be currently making out with one of your cousins. Yeah. So they start getting along and shit, and then Shane jumps them. But then, like, this dude yeah. fucks Shane up. Like, he's getting ready to murder Shane. Like, he flips Well, he Shane. tries to chloroform him, but I, I don't know if he did it wrong or he's using the wrong side of the rag or something, but. <laughs> something too, like, what guy, it's, he's not going down. Like, don't just buy chloroform. I get he's a cop and shit, but I mean, still, like, are you sneaking in the evidence room for chloroform? Like, I don't know where you, where do you get chloroform? But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if that's one of the things they can they can like request through their work, you know, like well, once hey, again, we gotta like, take suspects down. We need chloroform. Acevedo, like be like, uh, what do you need the chloroform for, Shane? Seems weird. <laughs> you gonna rape another lady? Um, <laughs> but once again, let's keep in mind uh, we haven't really explained this, but Pauzy is much older than Shane. He's probably like in his middle fifties, I would say. You know, he's not fat or anything, but He's not like he's not ripped. He's not like a big guy, and he just fucking. No, he's like a Mexican Charles Bronson kind of. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a good description of him. Yeah, yeah. he kind of looks like Mexican Charles Bronson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it. And Shane had a death wish because he got he got thrown right down, and dude pulled a gun, <laughs> and then Lem come running around and you know save Shane's ass. Yeah, not thank bad. God for Lem and his shotgun. Yeah. So. Shane just then, like, clocks him in the head. He's like, I don't know. Chloroform's supposed to knock him out, but this works better. I don't know if that was a two-by-four or what he hit him with, a pipes, a baseball Yeah, bat. I think it was, like, a two-by-four. Um, so <laughs> they put him uh, – I don't know. Is this where they put him in the truck with the, the bounty guy? Yeah, they load him up. Uh, the guy's going to take him to Mexico and give him their money. Uh, uh, and they're, they're dividing up the money. Basically, you know, I think it's ten for – each of them, 10 for Shane, 10 for Lem, like five for Vic, and then Ronnie just gets nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because he was off today, so he doesn't yeah. need anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. I like that. We have Vic confronting Gilroy. There, Something's going on. I don't know if there's a press conference going on. out. It looks like they're in the middle of the street, or was there another crime? Oh, I think this was, uh, like, things are starting to get bad in the Grove after that whole our wait like people are starting to get antsy about rioting and shit like that yeah uh because they want answers you know if they don't get answers there's going to be hell to pay so i think they're kind of having the press conference that they can give people some answers uh, okay. go badly <laughs> uh yeah but uh this is where vic confronts gilroy and he's like listen I, I know what's going on your your bitch is buying all the land up for you you're driving the prices down and shit and he's like you know your little scheme here got a couple people killed uh, you know, and Gilroy's like, whatever, I'll cut you in. Yeah. And then Vic's like, Vic plays along. He's like, all right, when do I get my paydays? Yeah. But really, he's he does he's not happy about this. He's got Shane and Lem looking into Gilroy's shit now. <laughs> yeah. But they don't really they're not able to get much. So let's see. Uh, now we get a scene where you know Julian. You know, he tells her he's going into therapy and all that shit, but whatever. The the yeah, media, she's dubious because like she, just, she knows that shit never works. But yeah, I hear you. He's gonna do it. But they go back to Dookie's house. They get another call about Dookie, and uh, <laughs> he he's stealing shit and stuff. Uh, yeah, there's an old woman going off on him. Like, hey, like fucking give me my shit back. Yeah. <laughs> so and, uh, he's like, what? This is my stuff. Like. 
go away with this nonsense. And she's just like, well, after like, oh, well, Dink Julian asks the old woman, like, do you have any proof that this was yours? And she's like, yeah, after the last time he stole it, I carved my initials in the back. E.B. That's me, Emily Berry. <laughs> Dookie tries to be like, no, no, no. I do that to all my stuff. E.B. stands for excellent bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty <laughs> Dookie's awesome. And he's, <laughs> she's like, feet. oh, yeah. And she's like, well, why is my picture frame over there? And he's like, that ain't your picture frame, but you can get it for $10 if you want it. She's like, well, <laughs> that ain't my picture frame. How come that picture of me and my granddaughter is in it? So they arrest Dookie. <laughs> Uh, he's pretty awesome, though. Yeah. It was like, everybody grab your stuff, go home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aceveda's in a panic. Uh, he tells Claudette someone leaked a 911 call, and they got, they got, you know, shit's about to hit the fan out in the street. Yeah. And they're basically out there. They're, I think, you know, behind the stage getting ready to do this press conference, and shit starts happening, like, everyone starts writing shit, so it's on now. They're in the thick of it. All right, so here we go. So, we're at the point now where, like, Strike Team's looking for Gilroy's lady. They can't find her. She no-showed. Apparently, she was supposed to meet with somebody. Uh, I don't know if it was Lem, but she never showed up. She didn't show there. So, Vic's wife calls and says, like, hey, when you coming home for dinner? And Vic's like, ah, I'm not going to make it for dinner. I'm stuck at work. And she's like, what? How, how are you going to invite, you know, Gilroy over for dinner and then not show up? And Vic's like, what? Gilroy's at the house? Like, what the fuck? So that. Gilroy gets on the phone. It, this is great. I, I, I love this whole scene. So yeah. this is so good. Um, So basically, like, he, you know, Gilroy's in Vic's house with Vic's family, you know, the kids, hey, Gilroy, come look at this and that, I made this thing, and Gary, okay, kids, I love you guys, but he, he's telling Vic, like, you should have kept your fucking nose out of my business, basically, mm-hmm. um, so they, they, you know, the strike team heads towards Vic's house, and they say, like, as he's they get all kind of cryptic I, shit on the phone, like, you should really take, you'll spend more time with your family, yeah, you'll miss them when they're gone, yeah, <laughs> I hear you, yeah, it, it's, so, Vic knows his family's in trouble at this point, so they start heading home. Uh, somebody says, like, you're probably better off calling the sheriff's department because they can get there much faster and shit. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that part, like, now uh, Aceveda and Claudette, they're, they're at this protest, and shots ring out. Somebody starts, somebody fires a couple shots from the crowd, and it, the crowd just starts mobbing. <laughs> it's, it's on at that point. Yeah, um, they start to spill over into our next episode next week. Yeah, because there's full on rioting going on now. Because and Claudette and Karen Mitchell and Aceveda, they're holed up in this building, like during the stairwell of this building, and uh, the SWAT team has to basically get them out. Like you know, guys with the shields and the helmets kind of prevent them from you know getting hit with shit as they're making their way out of the building and stuff. It, you know, shit's mm-hmm. hit the fan as they would say, Jank. You know, like like you see every day on the news and Twitter. <laughs> yep. Um, Although for different reasons. This one, they wanted more cops. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Vic gets home. He, he, you know, he storms the house. The sheriffs, are, they're there. Everything's cool. Gilbert, or Gilbert. Gilroy left. <laughs> and Vic's like, we got to yeah, get left. Didn't do anything. Yeah, we got to go. We got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, you got to pack your shit, get the fuck out. And she's like, what's going on? He's like, just get the fuck out of the house. I'm, like, I'm not talking, you know, let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, yeah, and then this is then we have the scene with, you know, them getting Osservati and them out of there and then the episode ends. Yep. But, you know. So it's a little bit of a cliffhanger where we got this riot situation going on and Vic now it's full on against him and Gilroy. Like, yeah. clearly there can only be one winner out of this situation now because now that he's threatened his family, like, there's no recourse here. That that bond has been severed and one of them has to go. Yeah. Yeah, because Vic says on the phone, this is between me and you. You leave my family out of this. And he's mm-hmm. like, should have just, you never should have got in, you know, you should have stopped poking around. Yeah. There's you know. no way they can be friends or work together at all in any capacity at this point. Like, that, that line's been crossed. It's like, whap, whap. <laughs> you know, I challenged them to a <laughs> duel. One of them had to go. <laughs> so, that's what yep, we're getting so to. Gilroy kind of becomes the big bad at the end of the season <laughs> all right so i gave that I, I go nine out of ten on that episode for me yeah that's a solid ranking right there yeah and i agree i'm gonna be honest with you looking ahead real quick here jank episode 13 10 out of 10 Ooh, that's something to look forward to next week episode was, 13 is incredible i love it and i'm gonna be honest with you I could honestly see this happening at some point soon. Hmm. Yeah, like if you like, like yeah. If anybody, I don't want to spoil anything in case nobody's watched it. But episode thirteen, I, I could see like the society we live in at this point, like shit like this starting to unfold. Oh boy. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> creepy. We're, we're just getting to that point. So. Oh no. Yeah. All right. Um. All right, well, let's do uh, best quotes. All right. <laughs> For me, I'm going to give my best one. Um, this is the one that, to me, jumps out almost more than anything for the whole season, just because I feel like it really sums up the strike team, <laughs> um, and especially Shane, dealing with Shane. Uh, oh. This is a Lem line where uh, he's not happy about this whole let's turn, you know, Posse in for the money. Uh, let's just He just wants to, you know, bring him in as cops and turn him in the way you're supposed to do it. So he just goes to Shane, for once, can't we just do what we're supposed to do and then stop? <laughs> yeah, that is a good line. Yep. I feel like that's very much Lem's character. Like, can't we fucking just do our, what we're supposed to do and not get ourselves in any more trouble? Yeah, like, Lem's very level-headed. Like, he, like he, you know, don't get me wrong, he, he's dirty, but... He, He's not as greedy about it. Like, he, he could do less dirty stuff, and he'd be cool with it. Yeah, he he wants to do the right thing as much as he can, I think. I mean, he wants, to, he, he wants with. to get his, too. Like, he needs some money and all that jazz, too, but mm-hmm. just a little bit. Like, he'd be happy just a little extra. A little yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just wants one day where he doesn't have to worry. Uh, there's, doesn't happen a lot. Uh, you, you referenced it earlier. There's a quote where... Uh, uh, you know, when they're splitting up that bounty money and uh, Shane says, 10 for me, 10 for you, five for Vic, because he's Vic. And then Lim's like, well, what about Ronnie? And he's like, Screw Ronnie. He's off the clock. Uh, right there. Like, Ronnie's so off. Good. Ronnie gets nothing. Ronnie's the low man in this group. Shy Ronnie. He's shy Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. That's so perfect. Yeah. Um, Season four, they'll finally let him talk. <clears throat> there's, there's another line I like too. Uh, whenever, like, whenever Carlos Menstilia is giving uh, 
giving them the tutorial and stuff. And and Shane like bends down. He's like he he's looking at the bird. He's like they are kind of beautiful, aren't they? In a snack food kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really yeah. It's really hicky the way he does it. It's funny. We're all called Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> fucking shame. All right. I like when the uh, the bounty hunter guy is leaving and he's just like, your cock's out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because the chicken has gotten loose. Yeah. Yeah. The door's open. Yeah. <laughs> there's, you know, some veiled cock references in here. Yeah. Apparently, I think Kurt Sutter wrote this one and uh, he mentioned in the commentary that he had like six more of those in there. Holy he shit. He had to be reined in on the cock jokes. All right. Um... <laughs> All right, best uh, guest star. I think we know your winner. Yeah, I went with Tyra Farrell. Karen Tyra Farrell. I, I just like that lady. Will Farrell's older sister, huh? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you think she's older than him? Uh, I don't know, she was close. born in 62, so how old would that make her? So what, 38 plus 20, 58. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, Will Farrell's not 58. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. How old do you think Will Ferrell is? Let's play that game. Fifty-four. Let's see. He was born in uh, IMDb. Uh, he was oh, born in sixty-seven. Oh, okay. And what's he? Fifty-three. Yeah, that's well, pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> off by one. I'll take How that. How old was he when he was the boss on The Office? Oh, well, I don't know what year was that. I know it's season seven, but what year that was, I couldn't say. I didn't hear you. I just had to get an office reference in. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, how, how about you? Who's your best guest star? Uh, I went with Robert Lasardo. Uh, he was the guy who played the bounty hunter. Oh uh, yeah, I like yeah, that. that- that guy's in a lot of shit. Uh, he was a big part of the the show that kind of FX's his next big show, Nip Tuck. He was like this bad guy on that show for a long time. They kept popping up here and there. Um, and also in a movie that we'll be talking about later this week called Pool Boy. Drowning oh, he's in that? Yeah, he pops up in there. Is he a bad guy in that movie? Yep. <laughs> he usually he just also, plays gangbangers. He was also uh, a bad guy in a couple episodes of NYPD Blue. He was oh, like okay. a suspect okay. on there a couple times. He got into it with Isai Morales at one point. Uh-oh. Yeah. You don't want to do that. No. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Was he ever on Pacific Blue? I don't know. Let's look. Let's look. I bet he was. <laughs> I think I think everybody should have been on Pacific Blue at one point. Yeah. How old do you think Robert Lasardo is? Mm, I would say fifty six. Ooh, yeah. He is fifty six. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. In in a couple months. Bam. All right, let's see. Uh, Pacific Blue. He's been in so much shit, man. God damn. I don't know. I don't see Pacific Blue. <laughs> oh, you can't all be born to greatness, I guess. No, this was the only episode of this movie. He was in the Bubble Boy. Do you see Bubble Boy? That movie's pretty terrible. <laughs> no, 
I never did, but yeah, I don't think I'm missing much. No. God damn. No, There's so much we'll move, shit. Uh, we'll move on to MVP then. All right, all right. You can't find him on Pack Blue. <laughs> no Pack Blue. All right. Uh, who's your MVP for the episode? Uh, I went with Gilroy. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I especially the second half of the episode where he just turns straight evil, like you know. <laughs> it's a real heel turn. Yeah, I love it. Like, like, all right, yeah, yeah, this guy's real fun. Like, you always knew he was shitty and dirty, but like, he's fucking sinister too. Yeah, he really he is. Does not give a fuck. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that one. That's a good pick. Yeah. I uh, I went with Shane mostly for his uh, comedic purposes. Yeah. I just love everything he's doing in the scene. He's not in probably as many scenes as some of the other people, but man, when he is there, he's he's killing it. Dude, how about this? Like, not to change the subject, but you know that Robert Lasardo guy? Yeah. Yeah. Looking at his credits, he has to have at least. There's got to be at least fifteen or twenty credits that are pre-production filming post-production like he's in a hundred things right now (laughs) it is holy shit they always need some like hispanic gang members i guess (laughs) so yeah i guess those tats are real huh yeah yeah i think so yeah because he had him in nypd blue too he had tats oh okay yeah so yeah he's pretty cool though i like that dude yeah he seems very good i like him all right. Uh, All right. Uh, let's do the Vendrell Cup for the biggest fuck up. I went with Gilroy on this one. <laughs> yes, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> he's my MVP and my fuck up because, yep. like, you know, he just, he fuck, you know, he runs the dude over and then Vic almost has it smoothed over and then he just murders a kid and then, like, you know, and mm-hmm. then he throws Ossavate under the bus and he just a fucking, he just fucks everything up. Yeah. Know? And then he went to Vic's house. So, I mean, you don't. I don't want to cross Vic Mackey. If anything we've learned, you don't do that. No. He's not going to react well to that. He's not going to be like, oh, okay, I'll back down. Like, Vic Mackey has now made you his number one with a bullet, and you're going to, you know, something bad is going to happen to you now. I hear you. So you don't do that. (laughs) All right. uh, The Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. I've got that penciled in as Carlos Menstilia. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I don't hate him in this episode. He's, you know, he's, how, how, he's in it, what, five minutes total, maybe like. Yeah. Three he's not, I don't, I, you know, I, I, but I hear you though. I, I understand where you're coming from. I will, yeah. I'm going with Julian's sexuality. It's just, you know, if it's not Vic's kids, it's Julian's sexuality. Listen, it's okay if you're gay, dude. It's fine. That's yeah, it. it's okay. Don't you don't you know he, he, the thing I don't get about Julian is like <clears throat> he's a real God fearing kind of guy in the show. He's very religious and like sure is. But like yeah, you know, that's that. how God made you. So like just embrace that and just move on, man. Yeah, I mean it, it would have saved so many hours off of the show if they would have yes. had him realize that earlier on. But yeah, maybe you like. Know? If you need it, like, oh, maybe he has a dad or a mom he hasn't talked to in 30 years, and maybe run that. Like, it doesn't have to be sexuality. I guess in 2002, uh, that was a bigger deal, I guess. I don't know. And I can see how this would be a problem in the police precinct. So he picked a bad job for this. If he, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think he chose that career, you know, very well if he was hoping for a easy, happy life of being a gay man. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, 
but for me, you know, yeah, that's Jenny kind of cool. Okay. She's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody should be cool. Think people it. will be weird at first, but yeah, they did it. I, I, here's what I don't understand about it, man. What do you fucking care? Like, what people that are like, I understand, like, you got this religious uh, connotation with it where, you know, it's a sin, allegedly, or whatever. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, what do you fucking care? Like, they ain't having sex in your bedroom. So what do yeah. you care if somebody's gay or not? Like, I just just live your own fucking life. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't see how where people get the energy to do all that. Like, yeah. who has time to worry about everyone else's sex life? I know. Who gives a fuck? I'm going to worry about my own. <laughs> got to figure out which hand I'm going to use tonight. That's what I'm saying. Got to <laughs> I got planning and shit. I ain't got time to worry about what's going on next door, next, down the street. I don't give a shit. Yeah, who gives a fuck? All right. All uh, right. Well, I guess let's do both of the uh, the comic book recastings for the week. This is where we look at, uh, you know, who, what other roles that these characters could have played. And right. let's hear, hear the, the exciting new theme song. Who would they be if they weren't on the shield? All right. I'm very, I'm not good with the superhero stuff. Yeah, this season, as we mentioned before, we're looking at superhero roles. Uh, so it's we're really getting down to the nitty gritty of the actors and all the good parts have already kind of been cast. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> bear with us here. Yeah. As we look at Kathy Kaylin Ryan, uh, who, of course, is the wife of the showrunner and plays Vic's wife, Corinne. Uh, and the other one we're going to be doing is Jamie Brown, a.k.a. Connie, the crack whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So who, who are we doing first? Uh, let's start with Corinne, Kathy Kaylin Ryan. All right. I struggled with this one, Jank. I really I know. did. I, I struggled so hard. And the only person I could think of was, and not for the superhero aspect, because there's no, like, let's pretend she don't have the superpowers. Like, there's no super. She could be Professor X to me. And I just mean that in the sense, not where she can, like, control everything with her mind and shit, but, like, Professor X is always like that, oh, don't do that. Don't do this. He's always <laughs> nagging the fuck out of everybody about what they should be doing and how they should be doing shit. And I could see her doing that, like just nitpicking every little, oh, hey, Wolverine, you should really be, you know, jumping off your right foot, you know, and that kind of stuff. I could see her just nagging because she's always nagging Vic. <laughs> and Wolverine's like, at least I'm jumping off of a foot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> that goddamn Wolverine humor. <laughs> Should have saw it coming. Who do you got? Uh, I had two. None of them very exciting. Uh, but I decided she could be Martha Wayne, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne's mom, <laughs> so that she could just be in one scene and then get sh- shot and we won't have to deal with her anymore. <laughs> but at the same time, though, is she enough for Batman and Superman to stop fighting over? <laughs> I don't know. No, but what woman is, really? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook, maybe. There you go. Like, if he just said Rachel Lee Cook, Cuck at that moment. I'd totally buy that they were now best friends. Like, what? You like Josie and the Pussycats, too? Yes. <laughs> we should do a Josie and the Pussycats podcast. Have you ever seen 
Josie and the Pussycats. Why did you say that movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like I like Jang reenacts things. I like that aspect of this show. Thank you. Thank you. Dramatic reenacts with Jank. And uh, here was my other one for uh, for Kathy Kalen Ryan. Uh, Betty Ross, you know, the Hulk's girlfriend, um, basically for this one storyline where at one point in like the 70s, she got, uh, you know, absorbed a bunch of gamma radiation and, and for whatever reason, turned into a character called the Harpy. <laughs> Betty Ross. I was like, oh, that's perfect for uh, for Kathy Kalen Ryan. It's a character called the Harpy. <laughs> All right, let me see. <laughs> Oh, so that was Liv Tyler in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But I want them to do one where she becomes the Harpies, just so that they could, uh, you know, make the most out of her and her annoying voice. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. All right. I like it. <laughs> All right. So what do you have I... for uh, for Jamie Brown? Uh, once again, I only had one. I went with Bane. And I just went with Bane because, you know, Bane runs on drugs. Connie runs on drugs. So Connie is Bane, basically, without the cool wrestling mask. <laughs> I like I like comic Bane better than Tom Hardy Bane. I like the guy yes, that's a rich, uh, libre wrestler guy all jacked up and shit. Yeah, he's got to be real fucking big. Yeah, he's just Tom Hardy kind of like small guy. But kind of muscular. Yeah. Has a weird Scottish accent. Right. They could. I, I don't know. Like, so, yeah, I don't know. Bane needs to be a big motherfucking dude. Like Jamie Brown. She's <laughs> all of those things. Well, I just went. I just meant, you know, Connie runs on drugs. Connie's always <laughs> fucking high. That's the only way she gets by. Is, you know, just doing drugs. Just like Bane. That's true. Where she gets. <laughs> You notice, like, when she's off drugs, she's all weak, like, oh, I'm going to quit. I'm going to be a good mom. As soon as she gets on the drugs, she don't give a fuck, man. You're like, fuck you. Fuck my kid. Fuck everybody that's ever said hi to my kid. <laughs> I'll fucking bring Batman's back. He don't give me that crack. <laughs> yeah. So, I went with Bane. Who do you got? That's pretty great. Uh, I was going to go with, uh, with Karen Page from Daredevil. Oh. Because uh, basically then you could do the Born Again storyline where she sells his uh, identity to the Kingpin for drugs. <laughs> oh, yeah, she she does get strung out. In the... Yeah, she's basically like a crack whore by the time that storyline starts. So it seemed very fitting for her. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, I like it. <laughs> I like Karen Page, though, on the Daredevil show. Yeah. Very cute. It's sad. Did you hear that, like, interview? she was doing i think with joe casada where she's like yeah that's the last show i've done like since then nobody's wanted to do anything with me oh no yeah like she can't get work i guess right i don't know sad yeah i thought she was good on there yeah on uh that vampire show on hbo yeah true blood yeah i never watched it but I mean, yeah. she seems like people like working with her it's not like she was like a complete bitch behind the scenes or anything like that everyone seems to like her so, yeah, like, I've heard, like, other people are, like, uh, what's that girl's name? Uh, Catherine Heigl? I heard she's not the nicest person. <laughs> yeah, she still somehow gets work. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should make a movie so we can put 
you know, whatever her name is, Deborah. Yeah, Deborah Ann Wool. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get to get writing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, for next week for this segment, um, since we've really gone through all of the cast you could really consider as being anything, you know, halfway decent, I figure we'll just do a wild card. If there's any other of the minor characters this year that you wanted to cast as somebody, you can do it. Like uh, Rondell or somebody, if you have something in mind for him, just anybody you think of that, all right. <laughs> that you feel like. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, I got a text this morning. Uh, I don't know what time it was. Seven, eight o'clock. Somebody was listening to the show already, Jank. So they appreciated that you had it up for Wednesday morning. <laughs> it's very important to my friend Lance that the show is up for his Wednesday morning commute. <laughs> well, I'm glad I did that last night. That was a smart move on my part, I guess. Uh, so I will try to do that in the future. Yeah. Um, so that it shows up there. Just for anybody looking for it Wednesday morning. Yep. All right. Yeah, because he. <laughs> if you have helpful suggestions like that, hit us up on email. Mackie's yeah. Clubhouse at, at yahoo.com. Mackie's Clubhouse at Yahoo. And at some point, Jake, we we I got a I got a box of like stuff we can give away at some point. I don't know what to do with it, but we'll figure out some kind of contest or something. Yeah. So, Definitely, yeah. we have to do that. Sooner by the way, later. it's nothing good. So, <laughs> fuck down. It's just shit I've gotten over the years from loot boxes and shit that I don't want in my house anymore. It's nothing Not I... Michael Chiklis' phone number? Uh, maybe. It might be in there. But it's nothing used. Everything's new-ish in the sense that, like, you know, it's been here for three years, but it's never <laughs> been drank out of or worn. It's just been in a box. Yeah. So, deal with it. All right. Um... <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's all for this week. We'll be back next week to finish out the first season. Yeah. So until then, bye, motherfuckers. Bye, motherfuckers. Hey, Mo! Your sister's ass really tastes as sweet as Alvarez here says it does. He wants to know what your mama's putting in the cold muffins.